0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and Jerry's with us. And this is Stuff You Should Know, the podcast.
0: Not affiliated with any gang.
1: No, no.
0: I would have thought that goes without saying. You never know. Stuff You Should Know Army. That's our gang. Yeah, I guess so. A bunch of nerds rolling around, dropping knowledge.
1: Yeah,
0: that's how we roll. Sure. Our symbol is uh, infinity.
1: That's is our it? gang sign. I don't think that should be our, <laughs> our symbol. No. No, it's um
0: a perfect circle.
1: No, I think the the mic with the
0: ah. You should mean our regular logo. Sure.
1: All right, that's a symbol. <laughs> we just need to learn how to make it in spray paint. Yes. Actually, that's dated. What we just said, or we just mentioned, spray painting your gang sign. That what? That's old time. People they still do that. No, gangs have evolved so much. Yes, some people do still do it. Uh-huh. But from what I understand, gangs have basically come to see that as like, why why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. You're basically you're marking your territory, right? You're marking yourself. Whereas it's better to stay out of the hands of law enforcement. And not throw a gang sign or tag something with your gang symbol. Sure. Then to do that. So you're saying in
0: jail. gangs are wising up and they're just not committing crimes any longer because that puts them under the police
1: microscope? No. <laughs> I'm saying that they are committing crimes still. Yeah. They're just not, um, I, I don't think they spray paint their stuff as much.
0: They're definitely, um, getting more sophisticated in some gangs. I've saw, I've seen that, uh, <laughs> Like mortgage fraud and identity theft and yeah. counterfeiting, like, are some of the human
1: trafficking, yeah, is one.
0: some of the new crimes.
1: Um, so before we get started though, Chuck, I want to say that throughout this reading the stuff or the How Stuff Works article and doing research, I was plagued by this idea that like we don't really have a real idea of how many people are in gangs, how many gangs are in the United States, exactly what kind of problems, like, gang problem we have is it overstated i suspect it might be overstated 33,000 gangs so this is so the the fbi compiles this um, report every few years and in the original house of forks article it cites the 2005 national gang threat assessment right yeah and it says there's 21,500 gangs and 731,000 active gang members yeah 2011 which is the most recent one from what i could find has not too many more gangs, 33,000, but 1.4 million gang members. Wait, 12,000 more gangs isn't a lot? Of- <laughs> I, I guess it is. Okay. But 1.4 million gang members. The number of gang members between 2005 and 2011, according to the FBI, doubled. Yeah. Doubled. And, okay, if that's the case, right? Yeah. What? Why? What happened between... 2005 and 2011. I don't know, because the
0: gang heyday was in the 80s and 90s.
1: Okay. All right. So what would cause gang membership to skyrocket, to double from 2005 to 2011? Did have, anything have, significant happen? I have one guess.
0: Uh, federal grants going to uh, police departments um, that say they have a gang problem. So maybe they're inflating
1: the numbers? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. What if they're not inflating the numbers? The thing that I think... The internet? The internet? No, the economic crisis. Ah. If you go back and look at the history of gangs, and if you look at all gang um, activity... Yeah, gang banging. If you you try to find the underlying cause, one of the underlying causes, if not basically the underlying cause, is a lack of access to economic opportunity. Sure. A.K.A. nothing else to do, no job prospects, and then already being surrounded by gangs or the possibility of gangs, leads to an increase in membership. So we had this economic crisis in the United States. So if gang membership really did double, I would put my money on the idea that it was because of the economic crisis. Didn't that touch the middle and upper middle classes more, though? I mean, was there a housing crisis?
0: Oh, man, everybody got
1: totally messed up by the economic crisis
0: yeah I mean I knew it touched everyone but I didn't know it wasn't it just
1: was... housing like housing kicked the whole thing off but yeah. like the job market like all of a sudden all these people even if it did affect like say the middle class or the upper middle class yeah all of a sudden they lose their jobs they start taking the lower classes job because they've got to survive now what are the lower classes doing interesting theory I I'm if if gang membership doubled in the u.s between 2005 and 2011 I would bet any amount of money that was because of the economic crisis.
0: Yeah. You would stake your stuff you should know fortune on that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I would. All the millions. All right. Well, we may as well go ahead and talk about why people join gangs because you just teased it. Uh, poverty is a huge reason. Yeah. Um, these are usually in poorer areas of the city. Um, not a lot of money going on. You can make money by robbing people, by dealing drugs. Uh, It provides a financial incentive to join a gang, basically.
1: Yeah. I've read about one study from Los Angeles that found that neighborhoods that had unemployment rates of between 14 and 16 Mm percent had about 15 times more gang-related homicides than neighborhoods that had unemployment rates of between 4 and 7 percent.
0: Yeah, and they say that gang-related homicides account for close to half of all the homicides in the United States right now.
1: Yeah, that's another thing that I found, like, really... I I saw also somewhere between 48 and 90%. I saw other places that are like, this is all way overstated. Yeah. That, like, the gangs peaked back in the 90s, and, like, we haven't had a real problem since then. I don't think that's the case, though. But there are some, like, sociologists out there saying "This this is overstated. Yeah. I don't think anyone's saying there's not a gang problem, though, is there? No, I don't think anybody's... Disagreeing that there is a gang presence. I think the degree right. to which there is a gang presence. So, Chuck, for example, you can go look at something from the Justice Policy Institute yeah. called Violent Children 2010. Um, look up the youth gang violence problem is exaggerated, and it provides kind of a counterpoint to it. Because yeah. if there's one thing. I'm not saying there's not a gang problem. I'm not excusing the idea that, like, oh, you have low economic opportunities, so you join a gang. Totally get it. No, like, there's, like, there's still morality. There's still plenty of people in the same situation that aren't joining gangs. Oh, yeah, like, 98 percent what i'm saying is like when you when you read articles that are just like there's gangs everywhere and they're killing everybody 90 percent of the homicide rates are because of gangs and they're they're immoral little kids coming out of the inner city your your antenna should immediately go up and you should start asking critical questions about where this data is coming from what they're basing the data on who is giving you this data do they stand to um, benefit from people being scared um, do they get funding to study this kind of stuff? Yeah. You just have to ask questions like that. Yeah. They're creating hysteria. It, it, yeah. Anytime you encounter hysteria like that, yes, you should stop for a second. If you have the, the that amount of self-possession, stop and just start asking questions. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Everybody calm down. Agreed, sir. Or just run. <laughs>
0: because the gangs are coming for you.
1: All right, that's that was it for my soapbox. All
0: right, uh, so back to why you might join a gang. Um, <laughs> peer pressure, I love that that's listed, uh because it's true. I mean, it sounds kind of yeah like a very high school thing, but that's a lot of times is when you're getting pressure
1: to join a gang. Mm-hmm.
0: They that's seek out children. Right.
1: That's where a lot of gangs find their roots. The Crips, Bloods, both high schools. That's right. The blue, the red, those are the high school colors.
0: That's right. Uh, and we'll get to them later. Um, boredom, we talked about that. Um, a lot of these communities, there isn't a lot going on. They don't have the neighborhood pool or maybe even a neighborhood library or a neighborhood youth center sure. um, or a playground that's in uh, not in disrepair. So these uh, shuttered communities don't have a lot going on, so kids are bored, um, and then they fall into a sense of uh, despair, which means um, you know maybe I don't have a father who's a role model. Maybe my father or mother or both are in prison. Um, but I have a family right over here. This gang says they love me. They're going to get my back. And um, now I have a sense of community, finally, through this gang.
1: And some gangs actually have set up overt community programs, like oh, sure. job training programs, like things that basically said we have been so neglected by the community at large that yeah. like local gangs are the ones setting this up. Yeah. And I mean that's a pretty good reason to join a gang is when they're holding community outreach programs in your community and they're the only show in town.
0: Yeah, I mean there's uh it's not just a TV thing, the gang leader with a heart of gold that like secretly uh-huh. uh funnels you mean the Wesley money Wesley Snipes <laughs> to build the the playground, you know. Uh-huh. Like that stuff happens. Sure. I mean and we're not trying to say like gang leaders are just the best <laughs> there's big
1: teddy bears,
0: the, they have been known to quietly reinvest money in their own communities.
1: Well, yeah, At times. I, I mean, uh, yeah, you don't want the place falling apart, especially if that's your major market. Yeah. And plus, also, it's a really great way to ingratiate yourself with the local community. Absolutely. Sure.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the history of gangs, if you'll indulge me for a moment.
1: You can consider yourself indulged.
0: Um, I love the way, and this is by the Grabster, Ed Um He says, criminal gangs have been around for as long as crime. And that makes total sense because um, there's strength in numbers and I think uh you've seen the movie Gangs of New York.
1: Yeah, striped pants. Did you? Like striped pants.
0: Oh man, were there a bunch of striped pants? With... Yeah, a
1: lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fashion? Did I like it? No, not really.
0: Yeah, I-, I went back and watched it recently. I really liked it. Um I did not like Cameron Diaz. And...
1: Oh, I forgot she was in it.
0: Yeah, that was she was miscast. Didn't she have like a Cockney accent? Now that I think about it. Uh, no, no. Oh, okay. It was. It was. That must have been a nightmare I had. <laughs> <She> was, <yeah. laughs> I've had that same nightmare. I don't. I think she had like some sort of a weird accent. Maybe she was trying to do Cockney. Maybe. You know. Yeah. Um, I forgot she was. In... Good movie though. I think I really I, enjoyed it. I mean, it.
1: I I could stand to go back and see it as a grown-up. Yeah, you know. I
0: liked it. And what's this? Daniel Day-Lewis man. What a great character in yeah. that movie. Um. So anyway, that movie was based uh, on fact. Because in the 19th century in New York, in Five Points, um, you had these ethnic uh, gangs, the Irish gangs, Polish gangs, Italian gangs, mm-hmm. and they all fought for territory and robbed and mugged each other right. and had violent fights in the street. It was pretty crazy in lower Manhattan.
1: Yeah, the Five Points gangs.
0: Yeah, very, very tough.
1: But sometimes they would band together and fight other parts of town's gangs, like the Bowery Boys, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So they are just fighting all the time. Turf wars,
0: like today. Or yeah. like, you know, what gangs, they kind of have always been about turf to a certain degree.
1: They were about turf, and that is, we'll see, one of the ways that you can divide um, gang, gangs. It's one of the definitions of gang, is a turf gang. Yeah. But they are also um, ethnic gangs typically as well, like Irish gangs or Polish gangs or Italian gangs. You might ask yourself, what happened to Polish gangs? What happened to Irish gangs? Yeah, do you do you want to hear my theory behind it?
0: <laughs> uh, the economic crisis of the 1970s.
1: No, oh. no, these gangs went away, and they So, so by the 50s and 60s, most of the um, gangs in the United States were Hispanic gangs and black gangs. Yeah, ethnic gangs, were, like we think of as like Irish or Polish or whatever, just disappeared. And the reason why they disappeared is because the Irish and the Polish stopped being considered ethnic, and they were just white after that. And then all of the economic opportunities afforded to white people were afforded to the Irish people and the Polish people, and they had very little reason to be gang members any longer. And they became skinheads. (laughs) Later on. (laughs) But don't you think that that's probably what happened? Maybe so. I couldn't find anything definitive anywhere.
0: They were like not a disenfranchised ethnic group any longer. Right. They were just uh, part of uh, the white machine exactly. that is the United States. Yes. I could see that. I like, man, you got theories out the wazoo today.
1: But a lot of them became like cops. That uh, was a yeah, big sure. thing, especially for like former Irish gang members. A lot of them moved right from Irish gang member into Irish cop. You're like, where can I still go crack heads? Right, exactly, <laughs> right? Yeah. What's strange is, as we'll see, That's kind of going on today still. Gang members moving into things like law enforcement and the military.
0: Yeah. Ooh, boy, that was frightening.
1: Hysteria inducing, isn't it? (laughs)
0: It is. So in the 1950s um, and 60s, you had uh, what were called car clubs, and um, they were gangs. And this is when you think of like the outsiders. Like when you yeah, would rumble right. over territory. Sure. These were the, the car clubs, and uh, they would get together, and they would fight in a parking lot with chains and uh, knives and things like that.
1: Go rescue people from burning houses, that's end right. up in an iron lung.
0: <laughs> Stay gold, pony boy. And um, they began to languish in the 1960s. And then in the 1960s, uh, a man named Raymond Washington and a man named Tukey, or I say man, two boys,
1: yeah, they, I think they were high schoolers. They like were 17 they, they might have been
0: middle schoolers even. Yeah. They were young because they originally called their gang uh, the Baby Avenues.
1: <laughs> the after school specials. <laughs> oh, that would be a good gang.
0: Uh, the Baby Avenues, um, it was a very small gang at first. And then it later became the Cribs because they were young, uh-huh. like baby Cribs. Is that right? And uh, then it became the Crips in South Central Los Angeles. Uh, and they were blue, like you said earlier, because Fremont High School... Uh, where they went to school, where that was their school colors. Yeah. So it is kind of funny to think that it was rooted in, like... I mean, it's not like it burst out of school pride, you know? Right. But they did base their colors on their high school. And then, um, as a result of the Crips uh kind of taking over the area, um, Raymond Washington was murdered, by the way, in 1979, so he didn't last too long. Um,
1: Ten-year is a pretty good run for a gang well, for member the of the on, Crips. The, on the... Yeah. Probably so. I would think that's... Longer than you would predict.
0: And Tukey went to prison for murder. But, um, in the 1970s, and the Bloods were born as a result of the Crips and their activity, um, all these smaller gangs that had been, uh, I guess, messed with by the Crips, um, kind of came together and says, all right, we need a rival gang, so we're gonna be the Bloods.
1: And that's why the Crips formed originally.
0: Oh, to, uh, for other rival gangs?
1: Uh huh, it was a couple of gangs that came together. Yeah, it's banding together. Right. Which still happens
0: today. Sure if you believe that stuff. <laughs> um, and they were from the um, from the high school. Centennial High. Yes, and, and they were red. Yeah. And they were founded by Sylvester Scott and Vincent Owens. So then you had the Bloods. You had the Crips. They um, are still thriving today. They do not get along. They have their, well, do they get along?
1: <laughs> uh, so allow me to mention the 1992 Watts Truce, man. The 19 what? The 1992 truce okay. in Watts, in South Central Los Angeles. All right. The it's Bloods and the Crips ago. came together yeah. with Jim Brown, football legend sure. Jim Brown. Yeah, I remember this, actually. In like, a, um, I think a YMCA auditorium or a high school auditorium, uh-huh. uh, or Jim, and sat down and s- worked out a peace treaty based on one between, I think, Israel and Egypt that had been used. Yeah. Um, and it... It was a peace treaty between the Crips and the Bloods in 1992, and it was abided by. So much so, as far as I can tell, it's still going on. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, it was a very, it was a big deal. But, that's not to say that there's not interrelated gang violence, because now that the Crips and the Bloods had this 1992 Watts truce signed, there was much more infighting among different Crips sets and different Blood sets.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, this is – I guess we should talk about the idea of nations, uh, like the Crip Nation and Blood Nation. There are Bloods and Crips all over the country.
1: Yeah, which makes them super gangs.
0: Yeah, but they um, – <laughs> Which
1: sounds terrifying. It
0: does, doesn't it? Um, the guy who did the article I read said that he thought that they would all be sort of cut from the same cloth and they would all get along. But Oh, yeah. Apparently within nations, it's very much still broken down into your own neighborhood gang, and you might not get along with the other Crip gang. Right that's nearby even
1: so the crip is the nation and the set is like the local chapter basically yeah but like you said uh, this guy named Mike Carley PhD he's I think from the University of Missouri or no Missouri State I'm sorry 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 he um, I think is a sociologist who went in and just like assimilated with gang members and hung out and ended up like writing this treatise on it yeah and um, he said what well, you just said that he expected everybody to get along if you were a crip that's yeah. just not the case. No. Because if you're a crip, your set's territory is much more likely to butt up against another crip set's territory sure. than, say, a blood's territory on the other side of the freeway. Yeah. And if you're selling drugs on the corner and they're selling drugs on the corner, well, you're fighting directly for the same customer's money. Yeah. So you're much more likely to erupt in violence or whatever.
0: Yeah. And the 1980s is when the narcotics kind of came on the scene. Before that, gangs didn't really deal a lot of drugs. Uh, it was a lot, like, more petty crime and, like, uh, muggings and stuff like that.
1: Yes. It supposedly it was drugs that, that changed everything. Sure. Not only unleashed the spasm of violence that started in the 80s. Yeah. In Los Angeles specifically, but also, um, I think even prior to that in the 70s in Chicago is where the idea of taking street gangs mm-hmm. and turning them into hierarchical drug dealing businesses yeah. was formed. By a couple of guys named um, Larry Hoover and uh, David Barksdale. That's the guy from The Wire. It wasn't David. but That was was Avon Barksdale, wasn't it? Yeah. I wonder if he's named after David Barksdale. That seems like a nod. So Larry Hoover formed the Black Gangsters and David Barksdale formed the Black Disciples. And they were rival gangs in Chicago that eventually formed the Black Gangster Disciples. Yeah. A super gang. Sure. And they had this idea that they would take all of their gang members and just turn them into drug dealers. Yeah. And the crack ep- epidemic helped that tremendously. Sure. Which, by the way, if you're interested in this kind of stuff at all, go listen to our crack episode. It was one of our best, if you ask me.
0: Yeah. We have a few episodes that touch on this. I get. It. I think the um, Hells Angels, even though... Yeah, the, that was a good one. ...biker gangs are not quite the same. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. That's... they're a different
0: categorization.
1: Those are called outlaw motorcycle gangs. They're seriously... OMGs.
0: Yeah, OMGs. Yeah. (laughs) And then, um, I think the one on Zoot Suits.
1: Oh, yeah, that, that was a lot like this. Yeah, that's a
0: great history one that we did. You should look into.
1: Yeah. And gangs.
0: So, um, Bloods and Crips, um, they have this, uh, way of talking that where the Bloods won't say, they'll substitute, uh, C in words for B and Crips will substitute B for C because they won't even say, you know, a word with B in it.
1: Like, let's go to Starbucks and get a boffy, Star- or Starbucks, <laughs> and get a coffee. Yeah, because they're just
0: hanging out in Starbucks.
1: No, they're just hanging out in Starbucks.
0: Starbucks. Um, and they also have their own way of walking, C-walking and bee walking which um, it's sort of like a little dancey sort of move. But I looked at them both, and I couldn't tell much of a difference, which means that I would be a bad gang member. Because I would do the wrong walk.
1: I would guess that you would pick it up pretty quick.
0: Yeah. And, of course, they also have their, um, besides the the uh, blue and red clothing, they have their uh, gang symbol, which, uh, in case you ever were like, I kind of want to wear my red hat today because I'm a <laughs> Los Angeles Angels fan, right. but I don't want to get in trouble because I'm a crip. So they still have the, the signs to rely on.
1: Well, I would guess you would have to be a Dodgers fan, and if you're blood, you'd be an Angels fan.
0: Yeah, but the Angels,
1: they're Anaheim. I
0: don't think anyone in L.A. is really an Angels fan. Oh, really? you got to be from Orange County. I Although see. we're going to hear from people like, I oh, live in L.A., I love the <clears> Angels. <throat> so that's the Bloods and the Crips in a nutshell. Uh, that could be its own show. But uh, we'll take a break here, and we will talk a little bit more about gang history. Right after this.
1: So Chuck we keep throwing out the word super gangs.
0: Yeah. It sounds like a media creation for But sure.
1: it, it does. But it, it there I mean basically what it what it describes is a a franchise gang like the Bloods or the Crips. Yeah. Or um, the these larger groups like the folks or the people. Yeah, the People Nation and the Folks Nation. So I think the Bloods are affiliated with the People Nation and the Crips are affiliated with the Folk Nation. Yes. But this basically this network of gang members who are related to one another through their gang yeah. in different cities. It's an and so like, say somebody in Chicago wants to get into the St. Louis market, they'll send some people and set up a gang there. Yeah. Easy peasy. It's called franchising. It really is. And all of a sudden now you have a inter- interstate gang, which makes it a super gang. Those are, I don't want to say peanuts because it's it's a big deal, mm-hmm. but compared to like a transnational gang, yeah, that's the transnational gangs are the ones where I'm like, yeah, there's there's a real problem there. I think.
0: Yeah, the, here's um, just because. Um, well, let's just read the names of the people nation and the folk nation, just so people know. Okay. what's going on in the people nation? You have the vice lords, and I believe they are out of Chicago, right? The Almighty Vice Lord Nation. Yep. Uh, and they've been around for a long time, too. They were one of the earlier gangs. Yeah, in like country. in the
1: late 60s, I yeah. think. Uh,
0: the Black P. Stones, uh, the Latin Kings, the Gaylords, the South Side Popes, the Mickey Cobras, the Four Corner Hustlers, and the Almighty Saints, and affiliated with the Bloods. That's the People Nation. Okay. Uh, then the Folk Nation, um, you have, uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary, you have Bob Dylan, <laughs> you have, uh, <laughs> terrible. Sorry. You have the Gangster Disciples, the Insane Spanish Cobras, those um, are, yeah, wow. That just sounds scary. <laughs> yeah. Like, how about a cobra that's insane? Right. You know, because
1: a cobra's not bad enough. Right. I like cobra. <laughs> What's worse than a regular cobra? Yeah. An insane cobra. Yeah. But well, where could it be from? Spain. Right. Um. I the Latin Spain is what they're saying. No.
0: Okay. I think they mean like a uh, Hispanic.
1: Hispaniola.
0: Yeah. Uh, the Latin Eagles. Uh, the Maniac Latin Disciples. Uh, the Simon City Royals and the Spanish Gangster Disciples are a part of the folk nation. Huh. All right. So uh, we talked about ethnic gangs. It's, um, you know, th- they can be skinheads or neo-Nazis or they can be largely Hispanic or African-American. Um, even if they are turf gangs, they're usually also divided among ethnic lines because people tend to live uh, a segregated life still. Right. Here in the United States.
1: Like in in Five Points, if you're an Irish gang, your Irish neighborhood gang was probably all Irish people, not necessarily just because it was an Irish gang, but because that's where everybody lived.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, there's also prison gangs. Um, most of the time they are just affiliations in the prison of the gang you ran on the outside. Right. Like there's Bloods and Crips in prison, but sometimes they form new gangs in prison, um, that were uh, are not part of the outside world. And I love how one of these guys, uh, one expert in the article here said, putting young gang members in prison is like sending, sending them to criminal college. So it's not like, oh, we took a gang member, put them in jail, and then you don't have to worry about that anymore because they're in prison. Right. But lots of bad things still going on. Listen to our prisons episode
1: for that. Man, we've covered a lot of this stuff piecemeal, huh? Heck Yeah. So, there's also female gangs. Yeah, those are on the rise. Yeah, female gangs, um, supposedly originally started out as basically like, um, b- like booster gangs made up of like gang members, girlfriends, yeah. and wives. Like um, here,
0: hold all these guns for us.
1: Right, or they are just like, we're, we're gonna do our own thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, then there's also, female gangs that have nothing to do with other male gangs. There's also co-ed gangs that really don't care what gender you are. (laughs) Do you want
0: want to hear some of the sister gangs' uh, titles, their names? Sure. Uh, The Bad Barbies. Oh, that's a good one. The Harlem Hiltons and the Hood Barbies are are some of the, what they call, sister gangs. Gotcha. And um, like you said, they originally were just sort of like helped out the men, but in some cases now they are like their own legit gangs. Right. Who uh, are are pretty tough because they want to make a name for themselves, you know, as a, as a gang of women who uh, can also be um, murderous, you know, <laughs> like we can we can do these things as well, right? Feminism. They actually the article I read. Feminism. No, it did. The article I read said that uh, second wave feminism is one of the underlying things, but they said it's a very like <laughs> tenuous. Uh, link i gotcha. you know like that may have spurred things right like you know i'm a woman i'm gonna go off and do my own thing but it's a gang after all
1: but that that co-ed gang that i mentioned that's an example of another type of gang a hybrid gang yeah like the juggalos it seems like hybrid gangs are the ones that are like um the ones on the rise because these this is where i i got the idea that um People don't tag like they used to. They don't wear colors like they used to. Because there's hybrid gangs. And hybrid gangs are made up of people who might come from rival factions. They break up and reform with different membership from time to time. Um, I don't think on any set schedule or whatever, but I think it's probably something that happens organically. Yeah. They may have co-ed members. Yeah. They have members of different ethnicities.
0: They may not have colors.
1: Right. Um, it's It's just a melange of gang members that, aren't cut and dried and hierarchical like the traditional idea of gangs are. And apparently, these are the gangs that are around these days, mostly. I yeah. can't say that. Yeah. That are um, maybe the fastest growing type of gang or hybrid gangs.
0: Yeah, and they do. I was was not joking about the Juggalos. They do list them as a hybrid gang. In
1: four states.
0: Yeah. Because what states are they? Uh,
1: I know New Mexico's one. <laughs> I think Washington is another one. Interesting. Washington State.
0: Yeah, they said that they're not super organized and their crimes are sort of uh, sporadic and willy-nilly, right. but they're increasingly violent, uh, the crimes are. So they are worried about them. Huh. You know? You just laughing?
1: <laughs> no, I'm over here. Just being quiet. Gotcha. Uh,
0: gang initiations. If you um, go to join a gang, there is probably an initiation that you will have to go through. And um, I found some uh, – there are many different things – Uh, throughout the years that have taken place to join a gang, um, initiation by cop is you gotta kill a cop. They said that's pretty rare these days. Yeah. Understandably.
1: Again, I really feel like we might be entering just, just urban, urban legend territory here.
0: Oh no, dude, this was, this was a gang, uh, expert researcher. This is like from a Stanford paper. Okay. He's just making stuff up.
1: No, I am i don't think he's making it up, but I wonder, like, how much of it is just verified or if it's just chatter.
0: Well, he went on to say it's a rare thing. Okay, all right. So are you saying no one's ever killed a cop?
1: No, I'm not to, saying uh, that, okay. but I, I think it, it's fine. Go ahead. All
0: right. Uh, being jumped in or beat in, that's when you have to you basically get wailed on by all the gang members. Right. At one time. Yeah. Um, sexed in. That's used to initiate uh, women into male-dominated gangs where basically they have to have sex or are forced to have sex with a bunch of guys in the gang.
1: Right. And what I read is like in a co-ed gang in particular, that's not necessarily the way that women get in. Some right. women get beat in.
0: Sure. Uh, jacked in, and you commit a theft. Uh, there's something called the gauntlet where you um, basically run between two lines of gang members and you have to run the gauntlet while they're beating on you as well. Uh, a lot of these sounds like little games there's one called catching a flag or a rag
1: <laughs> where it's literally
0: like there's a a rag in the middle of the thing and you got to get the rag and get out of there you know in one piece wow or one where they drop uh freeing hoover where they there's six pennies that are thrown on the ground mm-hmm. and you can't leave until you get all the six pennies off the ground what well, does I, that
1: have to do with Hoover I have no idea huh
0: hoover i haven't i don't know I'm not, I don't know. That's Lincoln. (laughs) It didn't say freaking Lincoln, though. Uh, And then, you know, being courted in, which I thought was super interesting. This is when they invite somebody like a doctor or a lawyer who is sympathetic to uh, their cause. Gotcha. And like you can be invited in very nicely. And it said, or electricians, which I thought was kind of funny.
1: (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Yeah. I guess somebody's got to keep the clubhouse wired. Exactly. Um, I had not heard about courted in, but I did run across it like in it indirectly with um talk about gangs going after um like military and law enforcement and lawyers yeah or legal um legal field people um, to join their gang
0: yeah the biker gangs especially apparently are really target former military yeah and that's you know for good reason these people are highly trained and skilled in weapons and uh they would I imagine be highly
1: sought after and um it's not just uh, former military, supposedly apparently there are also um like active duty military
0: yeah i had they said fifty three different gangs are represented in the u s military,
1: yeah, that's scary, yes, yeah, it is because these people have access to some really high powered guns that's right
0: uh should we take another break? I think so, all right, we'll talk a little bit more about um what's going on these days. In gangland, right after this. All right, so what's an average day of a gang member like? <laughs> I love Ed's description here. Yeah. Uh, they sleep late. They sit around the neighborhood. They drink and do drugs later on they meet up at a pool hall or some other like local hangout right and hang out and do some more drugs and drink some more
1: i think probably what he mentions next is what a gang member's daily life is like is like selling drugs depending on your hierarchy yeah um if you are say a member of m18 or ms13 you're doing local enforcement for transnational drug cartels yeah um and so you may be involved in picking up a crate of um, humans that were shipped across from Mexico. Yeah. Or um, you may be involved in mortgage fraud if you're one of the sharp ones that was probably courted rather than jumped in. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different stuff you're going to be doing. And right about here is where it becomes clear where you should stop and ask the question like, wait a minute, what is the difference between a street gang and... Just organized crime.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, not too much of a difference, I no. imagine.
1: The, the the answer that I could come up with, the closest thing to an answer I could come up with is the a street gang is a looser association of organized crime. Sometimes. Other times it can be a very tight organization of organized crime. Yeah. But basically they're almost indistinguishable. It's just a street gang will have more overt affiliation. Um and it's usually a lot more localized.
0: That makes sense. So listen to our episode on the mafia.
1: Yeah, you which know? is basically street gangs that were whipped into shape and organized.
0: Uh, weapons these days are getting kind of scary. It's, um, it's not the old days of chains and knives, um, especially with the former military and the involvement and the just accessibility of these weapons these days. Uh, mm-hmm. Body armor, yeah. uh, police gear. Um, like high-powered assault rifles, like you name it, man. Right? But they're which is armored up.
1: Another thing, where if if gangs have infiltrated the military or actively infiltrating the military or trying to recruit military or law enforcement people, yeah, um, that is a real danger. To that is getting their hands on like oh yeah some serious guns because it's not like these are guns that you can just buy anywhere. No, no, you have to steal them from the right people. That's right. Or get the right people to get them for you.
0: Yeah, they're not going to the gun show.
1: Well, yes, they are. Oh, are they? Yeah, but you can't buy, you know, military grade weapons necessarily at all gun shows for the good stuff.
0: <laughs> uh, Native American gangs is a thing, though. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they were born in the 1980s and 90s, and uh, one reason was uh, sort of identity and solidarity that has uh, been. Um, declining in Native American uh, parts of the country mm-hmm. over the years, and um, protection is a big one. Um, between 1992 and 2002, uh, Native Americans experience, uh, experienced violent crimes at double the rate of the rest of the United States, and 60% of that violence was incurred uh, on them, against them by white people. Oh, yeah. So they're kind of banding together, and 50% of those cases weren't even pursued by police, apparently.
1: I I would guess that would lead to increased gang activity.
0: Yeah. So they're banding together and forming gangs. And I think they're affiliating with a more Hispanic gang culture. Oh, yeah. From what I could tell. There's a really interesting article on um, Al Jazeera website, mm. which is uh, really good. Super interesting read. We'll post that with our uh, our additional links that we're doing now. How about that? Darn
1: tootin'. What else, Chuck? Oh, I've I've got it.
0: Yakuza. We did a podcast on the Yakuza. Yeah, we did. Asian gangs.
1: Yeah. You can go listen to that one. Um but what do you what do you do if you're in a gang and you want to get out? You got to murder somebody. <laughs> oh you don't. <laughs> so there's this um, urban legend. That I read this. Uh, I read snippets from a book um, called "Gangs in America 3 by C. Ronald Huff, and he compiled a bunch of interviews with gang members and former gang members. And one of the things that emerged was this: there's this myth that if you want it out of the gang, you have to kill your own mother. Oh wow! Right. In some cases. Um, they will, you have to get beat out. Yeah. Like you're beat in. Sure. Almost like the circle is complete. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have way more people on you than you did when you were beat in. Um, but more often than not, what emerged from these, um, interviews was that they, they left either by moving or they stopped claiming affiliation with the gang or like they got a job or something just and their right. life changed. They just quit. They just yeah they just walked away yeah and there wasn't like a a pursuit to the death because you can't ever leave the gang there was a couple of people that said like they were told stuff like that but when it came down to it in reality and practically they just stopped being part of the gang the problem is is when you leave a gang you very frequently um you you might have gang tattoos still yeah and you kind of need to get rid of those yeah. Or else, who knows what can happen, because you're no longer in the gang anymore. So a lot of um, post-gang transition um, groups, mm-hmm. there's this one called Homeboy Industries that I ran across. Yeah. One of the things they offer is tattoo removal of gang tattoos. Nice, for free? Can, yeah. They can get kind of expensive.
0: Well, you could get your tattoo removed for free. Just tell them your part <laughs> I thought you, about uh... that, and I'm
1: like, I don't <laughs> think they'd fall for it. It doesn't look like a gang tattoo. Uh,
0: there are also lots of... Um gangs from in the United States now set up uh, from uh, immigrants like Somali gangs are a big problem uh, in Minneapolis apparently
1: yeah that's there's some in Clarkston
0: yeah right here in Georgia huh Somali gangs and then you know Dominican gangs uh, Sudanese gangs Caribbean gangs Jamaican gangs uh, every country it seems like has some sort of uh, operation going here in the U.S. I don't know how vast they are. Yes. But um, in certain areas of the country, they're causing some trouble.
1: Right. And again, it makes me wonder, like, how much of it is due to a lack of access to economic opportunity? Yeah. Like, do people want to be in gangs if given the the choice to not be in a gang? It yeah. seems like from everything I ran across, Chuck, the answer is like, no, they would probably rather have just a regular job or something like that. Because, and this is one of the reasons why gangs have become so attractive over the years and stayed so attractive, is they often offer, like, the best avenue to income around. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, you just have to commit crime for it. Right. Um,
0: And and Ed points out that is probably the most effective way to try and stop gangs is not to just have a police crackdown. Because I think everyone knows you shut something down on one street corner, it's just going to move to another street corner. And that's probably not doing much good. Um, So they have programs uh, called weed and seed programs throughout the country now from the Department of Justice where they weed out the worst gang members. Um, And see, that's what I think is going on. Like when you say, I think they all probably just want jobs. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think there are the hardcore uh, that have no interest in getting a job.
1: Uh, yeah because they're making way more money than they could with a regular job and it's just their
0: lifestyle and right. um those are the ones they're trying to weed out in favor of trying to leave the rest that they think that can be rehabilitated and they call the second part of it seeding uh which means seeding the neighborhood um giving them more stuff to do maybe job opportunities or a rec center or a library right. or a pool. Because
1: again, you're talking very largely about like juveniles here.
0: Yeah, fix the playground, right. like little things like
1: that, making their neighborhoods uh, less prone to boredom. And I, I don't mean to sound naive, like all gang members just want a legitimate job, so everybody go give them good jobs and the gang problem will go away. Yeah. That's not at all what I'm saying. Like there's always going to be people who are like, I, no matter what I do, I can make way more money selling drugs than I can, like, trying to go get a regular job. Yeah. And I'm comfortable with just selling drugs and, like, rolling the dice and, and living life that way. There will always be people like that. The only way to get rid of that, most likely, is to, like, take away the prohibition of drugs, I would guess. And then you don't have, like, street corner drug dealers any longer. But from what I'm seeing in, the, in this research, if you provide economic opportunities, gang membership at large tends to dry up more. Yeah. You're always going to have organized crime, but that doesn't mean you're going to have a a gang problem necessarily. Right. You got anything else? Could I possibly? (laughs) Uh, Well, let's
0: close then with um, the list of the FBI's uh, most dangerous gangs. Florencia 13. You ever heard of them?
1: No, I've heard of some of the other um, Latin gangs. Yeah,
0: they're tied to the Mexican Mafia. Uh, there's the Barrio Azteca, uh, out of Texas, and apparently they run the, um, they work with the Juarez cartel, so. Jeez. They're doing serious business. Yeah. Um, the, uh, Latin King Nation. You mentioned them Chicago, before. The Latin
1: Kings? I think so.
0: MS-13, um, they're definitely on the FBI most wanted list. That, I, I. They're from El Salvador.
1: Yeah. And then, so M18 is from Mexico.
0: Yeah, those tattoos on uh, MS-13, man, that's pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. It's like full facial tattoos. We did a
1: tattoo episode, too.
0: We did. Uh, in New York, you have the Trinitarios. Um, they were formed in the prison system in New York in the 1980s. And then there's a few more. You can just look them up. I don't think we need to go through all these.
1: Man, alive.
0: The Mongols, they're still around. Yeah, there's that's a huge, like
1: biker gang shooting in waco and yeah this month i think you know just a couple of weeks ago yeah cops and cops shot a lot of them and they shot each other it's a
0: bad scene crazy stuff at starbucks i think again
1: um if you were in a gang we would love to hear from you so listen up for the ways to contact us afterwards or if you're a former gang member whatever we're uh, we're interested how far off the mark was i let me know <laughs> Um, if you want to learn more about gangs, you're just a regular Joe, you can type street gangs in the search bar at howstuffworks.com and it will bring up this article. And since I said search bar, it's time for listener mail.
0: I'm going to call this five-year-old mother. Um, Hey guys, uh, while working through my 2am shift this morning, I was barreling through the male puberty episode for the sake of stuff you should know continuity. When Chuck made a comment about the female body and how it probably couldn't handle childbirth at five years old. Of course, this is the episode where my brain decides to chime in and contribute. I'm not sure if anyone's pointed this out, but there was a Peruvian girl named Lina Medina who gave birth to a baby boy in 1939 via C-section at the age of five years and seven months. Oh, my goodness. And uh, he said he snoped it, too. And he said after being brought to a physician due to what her parents suspected to be a large abdominal tumor, it was discovered she was actually pregnant. If you're feeling the ambivalence of uh, simultaneous fascination and nausea, I believe that to be the general response. Um, though they initially suspected her father, the identity of the man whom impregnated her was never confirmed. Can I help but wonder about the developmental implications that would surely arise in such a scenario? But her son apparently lived to the age of 40, having been raised under the impression that Lena was his sister. Crazy.
1: My goodness.
0: And that's from Brian W. Wow,
1: Brian, thanks for letting us know about that. It rings the Vegas bell. Yeah. When, when was it that he say?
0: Uh, the 1930s?
1: Oh no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember when that happened.
0: <laughs> well, you could remember reading about it, though.
1: No? Uh, Brian?
0: Yeah, Brian W.
1: Thanks, Brian. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, like Brian did, like we said, if you're a gang member or a former gang member, we want to hear from you. If you have a correction, or if you just want to say hi, or whatever, anybody can get in touch with us via SYSK Podcast on Twitter. You can join us on facebook.com stuffyoushouldknow. You can send us an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.